Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast with Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman. Today, we welcome David Klanikin from the CPL. Dan Wong, director, and Jeff Cole, announcer. Let's get it going. Thank you, Jeff Cole. But the most amazing part about Fully Prime the podcast, um, as we do it from our various abodes, is just how smooth the operations are prior to the podcast. You know, it's like we just show up, boom, record, here we are. Welcome to Fully Prime the podcast. Sharman here, Dickio here, Forrest here. Um, listen, today we're being fueled by our good friends at Amsterdam Brewing Company. Um, now, at the end of today's show, we'll actually have a little tasting. We will uh, review our, our various uh, flavors. I've got the, uh, the blonde here. Uh, allow me to start things off by just uh, filling up the old the pint glass here. So we, we thank you, Amsterdam, very much. Uh, I should mention we were actually taping today on Sunday afternoon. It's not Monday morning, although if it was, we'd be doing exactly the same thing. But uh, cheers to everyone. Thank you for joining us. We will get to a lot of topics today. Oh, God, that's good. Including a little Q&A session with Deech and, and Craig. But to start with, we're very happy. I think he might be our first ever return guest. Um, that's generally because people refuse to come back for a second time. But we want to thank him anyway. David Klanikan, Commissioner of the Canadian Premier League. Thank you so much for uh, joining us once again here, David. I know it's going to be a very tough time for you, obviously, professionally, as well as personally, you know, as it is for all of us. But first question is, ownership in the CPL right now, um, are they still being patient? Are they still committed and motivated considering what, what's transpiring? Well, let me first, before I start, let me thank you for uh, for inviting me back. I, I rarely get invited back somewhere once I've been uh, been on anything or, or invited to anyone's home, for that matter. So I'm actually quite chuffed that you invited me back. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so we're in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, uh, James, to answer your first question, uh, no doubt, our, our owners have been, uh, have been fantastic. I mean, the club owners, who, as you guys know, the, the way the model works is they and they uh, they own the uh, they own the league as well so but they've been very very patient they've been up patient up to this point in time it makes it difficult right we you know we've talked about this and i know you guys know this and the reality is when you're in live sports like with any other entertainment type industry that involves uh, gatherings of crowds 
you know, uh, if there are no, if there are no, uh, no, no one in the seats, then there's no revenue, and no revenue means uh, no games, uh, and quite frankly, no jobs. And that's that's what most of sport is facing globally today. Is it's uh, it's it's the toughest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, David, as well as you know, it could be worse time. It couldn't be um, second year going into your second year. You know, when you look at leagues that have established themselves over a century, decades, um, it, it must be a difficult time for you and to, to keep a connection with the actual fans that you've already established. Yeah, Craig, you're right. Like, I, I think, you know, and we, we've talked about this before. I think we did a very good job last year connecting with the with the fans and the communities. And we, we really started to build, you know, brands at the community level. But we also built a pretty decent brand from a league level as well. So we were, you know, we were pretty gunned up about getting into the second season. We were working towards it. Uh, and then obviously this happened. So it's not it's not the way, obviously, it was planned. No one could have planned it that way. But having said that, you know, we are we're very much uh, glasses half full type to, type of people. So we're looking at different ways to entertain and connect. And you know, one of the clubs started with their players just calling fans just to and supporters just to ask how they were doing. Not 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 selling anything, not anything like that, but just saying, hey, how are you? You know, you need to know we appreciate the fact that you really supported us last year. We're looking forward to getting out out playing in front of you again, and just wanted to ask how you and your family are doing. You wouldn't believe how that caught on, caught on like wildfire. Now other teams have been doing it. It was players who, who uh, it wasn't somebody at the at the office level, the league office, or at the club lo- club office level. This was started by players who decided to do that, and I, th- those are the types of things that make a difference. So, so we keep working forward. But you know, I look at the opportunity here. You know, we were just in training camp. We had we weren't in the middle of our season, so that that was probably fortuitous. We know that we went to a single table this year which also made it made it easier that if we do start back up again, we can adapt to be very flexible. And then the third thing was we, 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 we went from, uh, <clears throat> we went, we went to a, uh, to a format that allowed, that it allowed us to have an eighth team, which balanced our schedule, which obviously eliminated a number of games and match days because of that still with the same number of match days overall, but just it, it, it fit the schedule better, which makes it more flexible for us. So I feel good about where we are. Uh, as long as as long as we're told by the the uh, government and the the health officials that it's okay to go, and once they say go, we'll react equi- uh, appropriately and quickly, and and we'll get into it. That's that's the key thing. But right now we've all got, and the reason why we're doing this, uh, you know, all in different homes is we've got to worry about everybody else first. And I know you know everyone says that, but it's it's a real thing. I know uh, this past week on The Fan, you were speaking uh, and you mentioned how, as yet, there's been no real serious consideration to, to playing in front of empty stadiums. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned before, their gate is so crucial in, in a league like the CPL. At what point, though, do you start considering that? You know, Is that when you get the word from the government, listen, no matter what happens, there's going to be no fans in, 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 sta- in stadiums in the near future? Yeah, I think, but even then, James, I think you've got to you've got to really think it through, right? Because this is not it for for many clubs, especially for a brand new league that's only got one year under its belt. I mean, we're a brand new baby, right? There, the reality is, uh, this is a revenue issue, not 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 a cost issue. I mean, that's what it really boils down to. So, so we've got to work through that. Now, having said that, you also there there are opportunities here, and and I uh, and I like to think that, you know, with only an eight team league based out of Canada. We don't cross international borders. 
we have relatively smaller lineups compared to other types of, uh, of sports leagues, if you want to call it. So there's there's some advantages that we could we should be more nimble, we should be more flexible, and we should be able to adapt to the circumstances or the cards we're dealt. So I, I think you know we'll get there. It's interesting interestingly enough, you know. Uh, we're getting suggestions from right across Canada on things that we should do uh, going forward if, if it'll if we're allowed to. But at this point in time, right now, we're only in April, right? And so we know that we can still we can still react. It really depends on how how the country comes out of this. And uh, the sooner we knock this this uh, pandemic down in this country and take care of ourselves that way, the, the the sooner we'll get back to what we really enjoy, which is is watching live sports events. David, would it be a possibility? Is it something you've looked at the group uh, with the owners and the teams that the scenario that you you may not have a season, and could you withstand that as a league? And potentially, if it also came about where you could play in October, say, would there be possibly a some kind of tournament format that you could still get some sort of champion without uh, ruining the integrity of the league? It's a great question, Craig. I, you know what? I, uh, I never, I would never say never to anything. I, I, I don't like to do that. October, when you get late in the year, we all know this. In, in this country, it's very, very difficult. Having said that, entertainment comes in many forms, right? So, yeah, there's, there's lots that we could do. I mean, we just, there's, there's, people are, are just dying for. Uh, well, that's a terrible phrase, but people are, are really looking for. Uh, a way to be entertained and be involved and uh, everyone you talk to uh, that's, that's, you know, that's what they talk about. I had a friend of mine said, you know, if I rarely watch golf on television uh, for extended periods of time, I would literally watch 18 holes, uh, 18 hole golf, golf tournament all at one time, four hours I'd sit in front of my TV just to watch it. (laughs) So I think, you know, you can see that tells you how people feel right now, but you know, there are, will be opportunities, not quite sure what they look like today. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you know we'll we'll, we'll we'll toss those things around as we get. There. By the way, if you have a great idea, Craig, I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's not an idea guy. No, no. David, David, just a quick question on the players. From the players' point of view, I've spoken to to a couple of them, and obviously players are a different breed, and they're very frustrated and and bored at the moment. And now with the the news of last week, where players' wages have been cut and staff and and coaches' uh, wages have been cut. Is there any way possible that during the season there could be a way of these players getting their their, their wages that they've deferred back again? Because as we all know, CPL is is a new um, league and a lot of the players are not on big big money anyway. So to defer 25%, I think it was, is, is actually a big amount to a lot of these players. So I just want to know, is there a possibility that they can maybe regain some of that money. So that's, and, and that's, that's why we, we, we made it a deferral, Danny. We, 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 we recognize uh, the players are doing what they can and there's, and, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be frank with you. The players are making a great sacrifice the same way as everyone in the league is the coaches, the technical staff, the, the club staffs, and, inc- in, in, and including the league office and everyone that works at the office, everyone is pitching in on this and, and it's the right thing to do. We'll, We've told everyone that we'll come out of this much stronger than go, than we than we were going into it. 
But having said that, you know, the deferral for the players is a recognition of the fact that that we uh, we understand how important they are to the game. We we don't know what we don't know at this time, right? So that, that's that, that's the hard part. We said, look at when we, we, at the appropriate time, we'll sit down and we'll go through this. Uh, but that's all we can do because I, none of us have a crystal ball, and and so we've been very clear about that with the players. Yeah, and what 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 I would say as well, David, speaking to a lot of them that. They were willing to do this for the f- forsaking of the league. You know, they they want this league to carry on, like like all of us do. We know it's still in baby steps. We know it's still a league that is new. And the majority of the players said, if this is what we have to do to keep this league going, we just want to play football and we just want to continue to build this league. So there's a lot of good kind of stuff coming from the players that speak and some of the coaches as well. You know. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. You know, when when you look at you know anyone that jumps in and 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 participates in a startup like we did last year, you know, I've got a lot of time for for folks that are they're prepared to put their reputations on the line. They're prepared to pour their heart out for the game. You know, uh, we we were we saw much much better football than people expected. Uh, I saw seeing the the teams play in in the preseason down in the Dominican Republic. I was excited about about the fact that there was going to be competition, hard competition, right? Where people came, they they cared and they were there to win. Uh, that's the important thing. And 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 again, a lot of players now you're you're hearing of players that want to come to to play in Canada because they 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 one they love the country. We all know that. That's why we're all here, right? But the, but the uh, but they they love the opportunity to to uh, be seen because here's this brand new league and frankly. There's a lot of people around the globe that are watching what we're doing over here because they like the fact that we think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, uh, last week the government uh, announced, uh, I think, half a billion dollars for cultural heritage, sports. Uh, I'm assuming the CPL will be the type of league that this would be uh, eyeing. Is that what you believe as well? Have you spoken to the government regarding that? Yeah, we, we've we've obviously with a lot of the others, the other sports leagues are are, are speaking with the government uh, and just letting them know. Listen, this is what this is all about. With a there's a greater goal here, guys. Right at the end of the day, uh, you know, my personal opinion is that we that the the the, the uh, oncoming Canadian Premier League had some influence on on the decision to bring the World Cup. To the uh, from a United bid to not only the U.S. and Mexico but also Canada, uh, because we there's never been a World Cup anywhere, men's World Cup anywhere where there wasn't a, a men's professional top tier one league. So we were there, and as we all know, the cities have all put the bids in the three cities: uh, Montreal, Toronto, and and uh, and Edmonton. But the the matches have not been awarded yet. So there's an economic potential economic boom coming towards us in uh in uh, in 2026 especially if we were to get you know a, a 10 or a dozen games because survey says it's worth about 100 million dollars in economic value per game uh and we know we know what happened when 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 Canada soccer brought the women's game uh world cup to canada and what it did the men's game we know just in russia alone what was it 1.1 billion fans globally watched the final uh, at that time, 3.5 billion total fans through the through the course of the tournament. It's massive when you think about the size of 2019. The 2019 Super Bowl played a, played a few months ago only had 150 million viewers worldwide, and everyone uses the Super Bowl as kind of like the, you know, that's the the penultimate, right? Well, not really. The World Cup final, I think, really is. So it's uh, you know, there's that's there's there's 
there's a big opportunity here and and the government understands that i mean the government understands how important football is to our to our culture now uh you've heard me say it before it's fastest growing participation sport you know there's uh one uh you know uh 15 of the population claims they play uh you know once a, at least once a week uh every week now it's that the the surveys have gone way way up uh you know uh, it's a male female sport all gender you know there's ease of entry for young kids to get in there's just so much about it and and all the immigration that we're growing the country in they all come like we did knowing the game and knowing the true global game so i think the government respects that and, and understands it and, and wants to be part of that 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 uh, that global stage you know that's really important dave and, and uh, i hope that they do because like you said it hey it plays a massive part in the culture of canada even though many of the major networks, even sports networks, uh, don't cover it as they should. But um, the impact is massive. It's major. And uh, I hope that they support it because that you're right, that 2026 World Cup, we need to start investing in it and into people and players and, and infrastructure to support that World Cup that's not that far away down the road. No, it'll be, it, you know what, uh, Craig, it's, it's, it'll be honest before we know it. There's a tremendous amount of investment that's going to go, in, that's going to go into that. Obviously, as you think about, you know, what has to be done between now and then, but there's a return for it. Right. And we, we can see that, uh, you know, even, even FIFA now doesn't, they don't, they don't look for brand new stadiums to be built. They want to be, they want these facilities that are already built to be used. Too many white elephants out there in the world from past World Cups or Olympic Games or things like that, right? So, so it's it's much better for companies to do it. But what it does is it energizes those that maybe aren't, uh, you know, full on supporters to 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 become, uh, you know, in in uh, just completely engaged in the game itself and and understand how exciting it is when you see. Uh, the way those of us that have folded forever just get a little bit passionate about it. Hey, speaking of FIFA, David, would they possibly support being in a startup league, World Cup coming up? They don't want it to fail. Would they be willing to throw in a few bucks to support the league? Well, as you, uh, yeah, as you know, Craig, they're already doing some of that. So, and they are. They've announced uh, quite a big fund that's available because they're very concerned about about leagues around the world, especially once you get past the first division or top tier, you get into second and third division. There's there's some real issues out there, right? Um, you know, I, I was asked this question a couple of days ago, and I, I made the comment: they have many children right now, and so they can't favor one versus the other. Although I'd like to think we're we're since we're the newest, maybe maybe they'd help us. But uh, you know, and, I, and I'm joking a little bit, but the reality is they, they've got they've got to take care of everybody. So yeah, you, I, they've already said that they're going to do that uh, for other. You know, they they put this fund together. I I don't know what's going to happen with it, but uh, you know. Hopefully they'll remember us over here in, in the cold north. It, it is amazing to think that out of this this challenging time, a league like the CPL might get more eyeballs on it because it is you know better positioned than, than a lot of leagues to bounce back. You know, as far as you know, no border tra- border crossings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that I find a fascinating element to watch. You know, will people do, almost discover the CPL coming out of this? Um, David, I've got to ask you uh, the PFA clan. Uh, a fledgling union uh, announced a few days ago now, um, basically the players' union for for CPL players. Are they already involved in in planning with with, with you guys right now for the future and and where you might be going? Well, I, James, I, what I I will tell you is, <clears throat> I know as much about this as what you do. 
uh, I've still never, I've never received a phone call and or a letter about any of this. So I, I actually, I made the comment the other day, for all I know, it's fake news. Now I know it's not, obviously. I mean, you guys have probably talked to people that are uh, players that are, that are involved in it, but I've not, the league office is not, I've not received anything from them. So not an email, not a phone call, not a text, uh, and certainly not a letter uh, in regard to it. So I can't really comment more than that. Uh, and so I can't, and, and obviously you cannot engage either when, when you've not really been invited. So mm-hmm. that's where, we're, mean, that's where we are. Let's be honest with you. I mean, eventually there was going to be a player union, whether it's this year or next year or the year after. You know, every league in the world generally has a player association. Timing doesn't seem great, though. Would that be fair to say? Uh, it's a little odd. It's a little odd. I will say that to you. It's it's new, so it it's um it's a new league, right? So yeah. It's, but but having said that, I, I don't share the opinion that it's it was inevitable. I I come from a school. I'm a business guy, and I come from a school of uh, of thought of that. At one point in time, some things like this were required across the globe uh, because of the way things were handled. I believe that if you have, if you're as an employee, why would you put somebody else in between you and your employer? I would rather speak to them directly uh, because it, then I, then they they understand the true passion of it. I'm not sending somebody who's taking a cut out of it to uh, to have those discussions. But I mean, again, that's it's. I don't know anything about this. Uh, I don't even know if it's for real, where it's at. I don't know if all the players are involved. I don't know anything. And so much more than that, I can't say. Well, I guess we better be, do some digging around, eh? Hey, Deech, you're, 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 you're the player rep here, apparently. So, uh. <laughs> Danny will probably know. Danny will probably give me some uh, lessons off screen, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, Dave, um, I know you're a busy man. Uh, we thank you for your time. Any other questions, guys, before we, we say farewell to, to David? No, that's it. I saw, that was amazing, yeah. David. Thanks a lot uh, for giving us the insight of what the situation is at this present moment. All the very best to everybody in the CPL and at the head office about uh, staying healthy first, number one, and, and then uh, second of all, uh, getting this league started back up and uh, back to enjoying football once again. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's very uh, obviously. Thank you for everything you do, and uh, I know you've been big supporters of of uh, the CPL, and and uh, and we will be forever grateful for that. Thank you. Thanks very much, mate. Take care. Stay safe. Um, can only imagine what the weeks have been for for a commissioner of a sports league right now. And sports is still really important. We're seeing that now more and more. Um, at first, I was okay. Bit of a break from sports, not the worst thing in the world, but now it's like, man, I really want some sports back. I need a distraction. I need to, you know, remove myself from my family for a little bit each night. <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm sure your family is actually voting for sports. Yeah, they are. We have come back to crying out loud. We're sick of you, Dad. Go away. I know. I know that's where my family is. They're like, for God's sake, somebody get sports back on so they can get off our backs. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Charles, no. I know you're not a big golf fan, but that might be the first sport we see. Yeah. You'll be watching it, I tell you. You'll be watching it, you'll be betting on it, you'll be doing everything. What do you make of that? I wonder, I know you've been following this pretty closely, the whole the, the, the golf situation and how uh, there might well be tournaments played in the very near future without, obviously, any spectators. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you know what? It's one of the sports you can do that with. Let's think about the other one was I just read it this morning about France and a tournament where they 
all the players come in, they play in this isolated arena, but at least get a result. And Craiger and I were talking about it off screen. Can you imagine all broadcast, the amount of bets going on, like just to get that going? So uh, I'm going to reach out to my buddy, went to university and played football with him from Burlington. He runs the Colonial. He's the sales director of the Colonial Golf Tournament, which is going to be the first golf tournament. So I'm going to get him on the show so he can talk about that just to see the logistics of it. I mean, when I just think of, oh, is it just like, Craig, it's just like you and I going out and playing golf with Amber and Duffy? Is that what it is? Well, you, you know, know what? Like, is that the, what we're up for? The only problem is, uh, Wonger, is that, you know, when David touched on it, uh, I'm not sure if it was before a conversation where we, before we started taping, was that what happens if one of the players, a caddy, somebody involved in that golf tournament gets sick or take it back and their relatives get sick? What happens then? Yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one, and, and the I mean the liability is huge, but even more than that, you think liability, and you think how out of shape some of those golfers look. These guys are prime candidates for getting COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rapid filming. testing, rapid testing is the answer. Rapid, de- maybe every eighteen, you got to do a new one. Not <laughs> <laughs> look bloody caddies. <laughs> <laughs> make them carry make them carry their own bag. Yeah, exactly. Oh, then they'll definitely go down. <laughs> Caddies are fitter than the golfers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Imagine like Craig Stadler playing or something. Whew. He was Jeez, what, what about Mickelson? That's the softest guy who's ever walked what 50 50 like what is it? 10 about yeah, 10 K. 15 to 20 kilometers a week these guys walk. Well, have you seen his calves? Yeah, well, <laughs> can't say I have, Greg. I mean, yeah. I his calves look like. Google shave them? Bill Mickelson's calves. I'm going to do it right now. Do it. All right. Am I, am I going down a, a wormhole here by chance? Or? No. Is it no, horrible it's nothing, uh, here? It's nothing dodgy. Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Not oh, safe for work. Calves, oh, right? Right? <laughs> All right. G- oh, Jesus. They're some nice calves. Well, I don't know. They're massive. They're not bad. I'm surprised. I won't lie to you. He's got they'd have to be, they'd have to be strong. Up. they got to carry that upper body. Hey, is yeah. Phil, Mickelson, Phil Mickelson the guy that looks like Mrs. Doubtfire? <laughs> that's Danny Lyle, isn't it? No, that's... Um, Who's that one? That's John called, Daly. Mon- uh, Colin Montgomery. Oh, Colin Montgomery. <laughs> 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 when he used to do interviews, his lip would get stuck. Remember, his lip would get stuck up here. And he, he got... <laughs> you know what? There's actually a Phil Mickelson calves workout pops up here. Sure, there is. Of course, there is. Charms. Phil Mickelson teaches. This you is an educational channel. Was that? Dave? This is an educational channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there you have it. Phil is fit. Who knew that, eh? But, uh, yeah, listen, are, are you guys, I mean, are you guys missing sports more and more, or are you kind of getting used to those sports? You know, I'm sort of getting used to it in a way. Like, I'm watching crazy shit on TV, like the Tiger King and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys seen that. <laughs> oh, no, I refuse to. It's a kid's <laughs> level of crazy. Legendary. Bat shit. You've got to watch it just to see how crazy it is, because it's just, it's hard to explain. It's just... 
Oh, it, well, actually, it explains a lot. A lot. As far as the, the Trump thing goes and how he got elected. How brain-dead people can actually have a beating heart. <laughs> Apparently, it's the number one watched show in North America right now. Is it really? Yeah, it wouldn't that? surprise me at all. Yeah. And it's better than sports, right? right? Oh, it's not better than sports, but... <laughs> there, was, what, there was only a few episodes. I don't know how many there were, but... Apparently there's another well, there's another one coming out and there's a a best of or something I don't know I haven't yeah there's actually a documentary coming out I think on Carol Baskin yeah. who who was a big part of the show and essentially he went to jail because of a plot to kill her anyway yeah. the, the, the you, you haven't watched it Charms no oh clearly I have uh, well, okay I was going to say you know a lot <laughs> yeah. about it I've watched it yeah no but um in in the show obviously she, the big kind of theme is that she killed her husband right and the rumor fit it fit into her, her tigers i think she did the tigers so this, this, new, this new series coming out is looking into that story apparently carol baskin peeling away the layers so to speak. isn't there a second isn't there a second season coming out just shortly here they rushed it to, to production probably yeah that'll be that one to try to find out whether she fed her husband to the lions or a tiger yeah, exactly yeah. and they're talking about how tr- trump might actually pardon the guy yeah, this I've is what my kids well. are telling me. There's it was brought up at the White House. Yeah, it was brought up. They, I mean, a reporter asked him. That's how nuts it is. Yeah. So, what do you what do you think about the governor of Florida making the WWE an essential service? <laughs> oh, I think he's right. Fake, he's fake honest. Wrestling. They should send the contract <laughs> Really, eh? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, I didn't hear that. That guy, that is in nuts. The beaches are open again. Yeah, they opened right. them last night. I think at midnight. Yeah, and people fled there. My God, of course what, they did. What a what a place to live well, right now. That Tiger King is going to bring back the uh, mullet too. I would assume. So oh, it would be interesting to see. I mean, I like to see Dickio with a mullet. Just <laughs> throw it in, and Claddick and Dave, you can throw in one. That would be no a good mullet. look. I know. Look, it'd be perfect. Our you'd announcer, like, our announcer Chinese, already has one. Chinese gay mullet. <laughs> Gun toting. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you, you made fun of my hair before you were on air today. Um, if you did grow your hair, just say, say you know, there's a world shortage of razors. Um, where where would the the hairline be now? Chia pet. Well, yeah, both both fullbacks are really pushing on at the moment. So like, <laughs> Roberto Carlos and Cafu are like fucking. They won't come back after going on a sixty yard run. So. <laughs> Probably start halfway on the back of my head, but I, I reckon I could still get the old Craig mullet from back in his Ipswich days with a little bit of curl at the bottom. You look like Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal. Yeah, just all the way back and just let the flow party at the back, business, business at the front. That's me. Own it. I say own it. <laughs> hey, Craig, you had a perm, didn't you? Wasn't that perm back in those I days? I never permed it. Natural, natural uh, curls. I had really curly hair and it just disappeared, all of it. <laughs> I was thinking about Charm's hair right now. He looks like an older Peter Parker. Yeah. A cow yeah, licked, going out of shape. Cow him right up the Marvel. A big yeah. yeah, there is. I know. This is like like oh natural. This is there's nothing in this. I could only dream of having that. I thought he looked, I, I thought he looked more like a homeless Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll never give you up. <laughs> never gonna give never you gonna up. Give you up. Give you up. Give you up. 
<laughs> hey, Rick Astley's fat. Hey, wait a minute. What are you saying here? PH. I know. I'm quite proud of my hair. Quite proud of my hair. Oh, Going back to sports, I, I am dreadfully missing sports of all kinds because – I think when you're in in the home and there's so much noise, as you know, in my home, just to get away from that noise and and turn on the TV and watch either a a college game or European game or a a game of anything from basketball to American football to football. You didn't say baseball. Baseball. I'll I'll even turn on baseball and watch it with my young'un because he's a big baseball fan. Just just the excitement of just seeing like a live sports going on with a crowd whether at baseball they're into it or not they're, they're eating hot dogs and shooting the shit but i just i just miss it like i think we're going to come out of this and really really understand how much sports means to a lot of people and even from a personal point of view i signed for my club qpr when i was nine years old so it's an environment an atmosphere that i've been involved with for like 35 36 years so for me not to be on the football pitch the field every day or not to be in that training environment is is really testing to me and i found it hard the last two weeks i found it really really hard in just trying to find myself and what i do and now i can really understand what it's like for players that retire and don't have anything to do after the game so it's been a a a process for me in trying to find stuff to do away from football, which is which is very hard because it's all I've been involved with since I've been nine years old. And you had to introduce yourself to the family. Yeah, and like I like I get on really well with my family. We 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 do our WWE wrestling over dinner and whatever it is. I've got my three legged dog who's a British bulldog who's <laughs> running my house like a lunatic as well. So it's, it's not I'm living in a quiet house. It's just that I miss the normality of being on the football field because that's been my life for, yeah. for a long, long time. And it's yeah, still a right? I mean, you work with a club, at a club, you know, you're on the field every single day. But, you know, I, I think it is in many ways, I know I, I joke a lot about it, but it is redefining, I think, the importance of sport, you know, in, in, in our life, in our culture yeah. as well. And I think even uh, Trudeau mentioned that last week as well, how, how important it is. It gives people that escape you know, they, they can laugh, they can cry, they can get, you know, engaged in something other than the mundane. And I think that's so, so important. So sport, you know, listen, we understand certain clubs, certain leagues are going to struggle out of this. We know that. But perhaps in, in the long term, the big picture, sports will come out of this okay and there'll be this renewed love for it perhaps. Yeah. I, th- I think I think sports, got, guys, I think sports is gonna, will lead us out of this. I really do. Could be right. I think it will it will kind of be that knock on effect to society getting back to normal. I really do, because people are gonna they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna wish for that, you know, getting together, cheering about the same thing, debating, you know, you know all 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 that comes with it. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 somewhat therapeutic for all of us. Let's be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, in, in many ways, it, it began it for us too, didn't it? You know, it didn't almost seem real until. The NBA said, you know what, we're shutting down. And then a day later, the NHL and then, then the CPL, obviously, with your, your preseasons and the NHL. When that began to happen, it suddenly kind of slapped us in the face like, man, okay, this isn't just a, a new story now from, from somewhere else in the world. 
Yeah. Well, could, you imagine was, how, could you imagine how Deech's three-legged dog feels? Dave, what was the lead, yeah. lead up to making the decision? Because obviously you had to make the decision. Yeah. Uh, what was that, yeah. like, two-week period like? Well, it was – so here's the interesting thing, right? We go to St. Lucia every every year for the month of March. So Life I'm in stuff. St. Lucia. Yeah. I'm in St. L- I'm in St. Lucia, but I'm on four or five, six hours a day on Zoom calls. I didn't even know what Zoom calls were until <laughs> March, right? And <clears throat> this – and I kept saying to guys back in the office, I'm like, guys, I got to be honest with you. Like, I'm not seeing anything down here. No cases – even when we when we when we actually left the island, they kicked us off the island because Canadian government said you got to come home. They kicked us off the island. We were there about two and a half weeks out of like four four to five. I think we were going to be there this year, and they still had only had two cases. Where it really hit home for me because I wasn't seeing any of it other than we were able to get city TV down there uh, because I don't know, it's Canadian resort. Anyways, point was uh, you know when I when I. When I heard the government in, in St. Lucia was literally turning away cruise ships that were trying to come in because they had shown in their medical in the medical records that they maybe had a case or two on board or more, and they were choosing health of their citizens and their island over the economics. That's when I knew this thing was like that there was a lot more to be known that we didn't as a public know yet. So think about small little Caribbean islands with 80% of their economy tied to tourism and and turning away in, in, a, in a, a one week span, four large, large cruise ships. I think it's got That's, everybody off uh, guard, David, really. I mean, yeah. it certainly caught the governments, even Canada. Uh, that's hence why we, uh, me and Danny, got involved with this particular initiative, Conquer COVID-19, to try to help out with the shortage of PPE uh, and baby monitors, anything they could help out with the healthcare workers because they're really, really short. And we talk about the support that the players have had to try to keep this league going. I think that that's what team and team sports really do teach us when we're growing up is that, okay, somebody's in trouble. We need to help out on the field. We do that. If somebody's in trouble, go support them. Um, And we've seen that with sports like no other thing. Uh, I've ever seen before personally where sports have stepped up um, to try to help out, whether that's the Premier League players trying to help out the NHS over in England or even lower divisions, because we have to think about all those lower divisions, non-league, the football needs. It's uh, basically fractured right now, and we need to support that. And that's what teams and sports does. It's a a team builder, and uh, I'm glad that uh, at least we could play a part in such a small way from an entertainment point of view, which obviously is important when to come back, but also to support our health workers and everybody that needs our help at the moment. No, you're absolutely right, Craig. I mean, everyone has really stepped up and I think the sports world has stepped up. You don't hear, you don't hear any, any athletes uh, complaining, you know, uh, about, you know, not, not being able to apply their trade or anything like that. I think they've done, Everyone's done exactly the right. And that's what surprised me the most is people have really gotten on board and really done what they needed to do. No complaining, no moaning about their lives whatsoever. It's, it's a much bigger, it's a much bigger picture and people have gotten, gotten to that very quickly by and large. And then one thing about football too, speaking of our own sport is that most of the football players come from working back 
a working class background. So they have a certain awareness of social issues. Uh, certainly, I found that uh, growing up in the UK. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I mean, it's, uh, they're certainly, you know, they're, they're in touch with the communities they come from and the ones where they live today and, 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 and obviously work and play. Yeah, I mean, we've had so many great conversations the last number of weeks on, on, on this very podcast. Um, others I've listened to as well, but I am still looking forward to talking about sports and matches and footballers and, dare I say it, VAR. You know, I'd, I'd die right now to freaking talk some VAR, some controversy, and that I hate talking about that stuff, right? But something that just is is football related. So, listen, we're almost out of time here, but I want to get to um, this quick Q and A with Deech and, and Craig here. I think sometimes, and I hate, you know, I hate to give them any kind of credit, right? But you know, we, we talk about so many issues each week. Um, we almost forget sometimes that they actually have some pretty decent careers themselves, and they've got some pretty good stories. Um, so I've got like five or six questions here, all right? And it's not rapid fire per se, but be somewhat concise. Brevity is, is uh, important here. All right, so let, let's start with this, okay? Um, Craig, let's start with you. What are you most proud about, about your football playing career? Um, playing in the Premier League. Being the first Canadian to play in the Premier League. Nice save there, by the way. Slipping the Canadian angle in there. Well done. <laughs> Deech, how about you? I don't know. I think, like, my dream as a youngster was to be a professional footballer from a very young age and, and to be one of the minority to actually make it. There's a, a, a huge amount of discipline and dedication. What do you mean, Italian? Ah, I couldn't hear you there. I thought you said minorities. I thought you were talking about your Italian minority. Oh, no, no. Minorities in actually making it to the pro level as every kid in England wants to make it to be a professional. So to make it was, was I was fortunate. I was lucky, but also put a lot of dedication in. But I have to say one of my proudest moments was definitely scoring the first goal here for Toronto FC. Um, coming over, just being part of an expansion team. In, in England, as Craig will tell you, we have no idea what an expansion team is because most of our clubs are like hundreds of years old. So to come and play for a new team where I had no idea what was going on um, in a new city with a, a bunch of crazy fans that were dying for football in the city and and bundling the first goal in and being a part of that was was a was a, pr- a proud moment for me. And the first red card as well, right? So that's big. Yeah, that could be. Uh, that wasn't my, career, my career, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your biggest regret of your playing career, Craig? Biggest regret: losing to Mexico in 1993 in the game in Toronto at Varsity. When if we had won the game, um, we would have gone to the World Cup direct. Lee, that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, if, if, if you had that thousands of listeners, they'd be saying fuck at the same time there as well. But right, we were all saying the same thing. Were you there, David? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh, good. I, I tell you what, I think every Mexican in uh, north of the Mexican border and in Mexico were there. I know that much. They travel they, well. They travel well. The CSA, they said, oh, we guarantee it'll be pro- oh, it'll be all Canadian fans. And we came out, we got whistled. 
<laughs> Food. Wow. Yeah, that era of Canadian football, huh? Wow. Yeah. All right, um, Deitch, your biggest regret? Uh, biggest regret was missing the FA Cup final. Yeah. Um, again, I go back to being a young boy and, and watching the FA Cup final uh, in the summer every year. And it was a dream of every player or every boy to play in an FA Cup final. And um, I had that taken away from me by a referee that showed no remorse, no fucking actual human nature, just for a handbags fight that I had with Wes Morgan uh, before the FA Cup final. He didn't even review it, didn't even look at it and said no. What was his name, Peach? His name was I Am a Wanker. You mentioned before how you know every English schoolboy grew up wanting to be a professional and playing in the FA Cup final exactly, as well. Yeah. You did it right on, on the street with our mates. We all did it, and you were that close. It must have been just crushing. Yeah, and and also we were like the fairy tale story of being Millwall getting to the FA Cup final against Manchester United and their host of stars with Ronaldo Beckham. All, all, all of them were in the team, and there's us kind of likely lads turning up with Dennis Wise as our coach and Timmy Cahill, our, our Australian superstar. And we didn't really have a, a chance, but to lose there. It was almost beats like the, the old Wimbledon team, wasn't it? You know, oh, when they faced much. Liverpool at that time. Yeah, very much so. Like, And it, it was a great day out for the Millwall fans and, and for everyone involved, but it was a horrendous day for me. And I, I, I actually contemplated giving up football after after that decision because I was so down, so down in the dumps because I had an okay career. I played for some decent clubs, but again, I go back, that was my dream to play in an FA Cup final and to have that taken away from me so late in my career. I just thought, fuck it. I'm not, I don't want to play no more. So, Who convinced you to stay in the game? Um, actually, my wife did, and Ray Wilkins, who was the assistant coach at the time. And and they did a great job with me. They brought me into all the team meetings. They got me a suit made up. They they really made me f- like feel a part of it. But I had to go away for like 10 days just to get away from it all because, as you know, the build-up to the FA Cup final is part of the actual occasion of being playing in that FA Cup final as well, like the, the media attention, the build-up at the hotel and stuff like that. And it, it really got to me. Uh, I was in a deep, deep place at the time. The thing is, Deej, when things like that are certainly happening, it's happened to everybody that you have to try to just remember and think about all the positives and the fact that you actually were there, you got the team there. Um, and it was an incredible day. You know, you went on to play even, you know, and did great things. You scored the first goal for Toronto FC. You know, it's about bouncing back. And, you know, you did that really well. Hey, yeah. Deej, had they have won the final, would that have been harder for you? Um, no. 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 It was it was purely missing out on being out there, walking out with with my teammates. Um, I had all tickets for my family made up, and uh, I gave all those tickets away as well. I didn't want anyone there. It was just – it was a really hard occasion for me because I knew it was going to be a tough game anyway. You're playing against – the Galacticos of Manchester United and it was just it was a tough time it really was it was it was something that I I had to be a part of because I didn't want to let the team down I'd already let the team down anyway but 
it was an experience that I would never want to wish on my worst enemy. Remember the broadcast and them saying at the end that had Danny Dickey played today, it would have been a very different story. Why don't you bug him, Charms? <laughs> Why don't you bug him? Just pin him down and stick a knife in it. So Craig built you right back up, Danny, and then German just cut you off of the knees. Poor guy's at home for two weeks. He's trying to find himself. He's brought up bad memories of the FA Cup final, and Charms is just digging him in. This is helping, though, Jeff. This is helping. It's definitely helping, isn't it? <laughs> we'll get to the beer tasting very shortly. Uh, one more yeah. question for you, fellas. Hey, Craig, who was the best captain you ever played for? Best captain? Johnny Wark. John Wark, ex-Liverpool legend. Nice one. Mm. And what was that? What was his, um, his, his, his uh, style of captaincy? Led by example. Hey, three days ago. <laughs> honestly he was so far ahead he used to he used to say it was three days ahead so he'd be like you go for this magnificent run and none of our, none of our players were like liverpool that you could f- freaking find them right so he'd do a run and nobody would find him and he's like ah, three days ago somebody would try it and he's like oh it's too late was his crush miss piggy because he sounds like Kermit. Oh, he sounded like a, he, had a, he had an underbite, a little bit of under, underbite, right? Did he have the big tash when you played with him? He had a tash. He's got a tash now. Is he really? He's still got it. Oh, he's never, yeah. It's a great tash. Up until recently, I think he's uh, work. He must be, oh, man, he must be nearly 60. And he's, he's up until recently, he's playing it, was playing at charity events. Remember when he came over to Toronto here as well? Yeah. He was with all those Liverpool lads. Holy cow. Walshy and in my career, that was Bill Neal. And yeah, yeah. The big Dane. Them into the studio. It was incredible. Yeah. Whew. They partied, man. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, Moby patrolling the midfield. Remember that? Well, I was, I remember I was sitting on the bench uh, with the Liverpool guys, and yeah, Moby was so hungover. And they were playing. Remember the um, who's the Canadian uh, in, indoor legend? Uh, oh, can it, uh, anyway, so he's playing and he's lights out good. So the Canadian team knew indoor box, indoor soccer. So they're basically an all star team, right? Anyway, they're Liverpool are down like four nothing, and yeah, Moby hasn't even got on the pitch yet, and he's like, oh, fuck, let me on. So they put him on. Remember, he had a big belly, and yeah. he just owned it. He <laughs> owned it. He was amazing. No, Morgan was always a big fella, wasn't he? Let's be honest. Oh, he was a big lad, yeah. He scored a cracker against me at Anfield in, uh, in the League Cup quarterfinals uh, in the replay. Or FA Cup replay, it was, I think. Yeah. What a player. Hey, your best captain. Best captain was probably Kevin Ball at Sunderland. And I've played most of my career like at, at Sunderland. Uh, he was an absolute lunatic. His shadow was even scared of him, but he, <laughs> he would run through walls. He wasn't the most gifted of players technically, but he was a proper captain, a leader on the field, a leader in, in the locker room as well. He looked after the boys. The boys were were his group and he would always go to bat for them. Um he had a good relationship with the gaffer, the coach as well, and, and that was, 
I think when you're a captain of a team, there's so many different variables that you have to manage, and he managed them very, very well. But it was actually interesting because I said, like, he, he probably put in the, the most hardest, cringy tackles I've ever, ever seen on a football field. And his wife told us, uh, we had a really good set of uh, friends and social gatherings, and the wives used to hang out together. And it came out that Bully at home likes to do the ironing, the, the ironing by himself in just an apron and high heels. <laughs> <laughs> like, no fucking way, no chance. That can't be our captain, Kevin Gould. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he loves doing it with a cup of tea. He likes putting the apron on, doing the ironing, the family ironing, and heels and uh, apron. So we said, oh, we got to see photo evidence of this. So she said, I can never give you photo evidence, but ask him. And we asked him, and as as he is, Bully is the streetest talker ever. So we asked him just after having a drink. And Stonewall, he answered, yeah, what are you fucking going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> Not much, Bully. <laughs> but I think that's in the that's like, that's like John Moncur. John Moncur used to just get naked. So was, he would have the apron on. His wife would say he'd just be naked, cooking dinner. <laughs> you you maybe the high heat. And the naked chef. Were good for his calves. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the Melkelson. Doing the Melkelson workout. <laughs> well, no, no, ironing naked, man. you got to be careful, though, because, uh, you know, depending on where the ironing board is, that's uh, you're sure. away from a trip to the hospital, put it that way. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that was great. I enjoyed these little Q&As. You know, we don't do them that often, but uh, that, that was interesting. We'll do another one next week. Um, it's time now for the uh, the beer tasting, courtesy of our good friends at Amsterdam Brewery. Um, I've got the blonde. I like a good blonde. Deech, you have a blonde as well. Uh, yeah. Wonga, what, what's your uh, your flavor? I'm going with the three-speed. Excellent. It's, uh, it's a lager. Okay. I'm, I'm a lightweight, and I lo- yeah, I'm enjoying it. And Jeff, Jeff, what do you have here? Three speed as well. Three speed as well. Okay. And I've Craig? gone for the I've gone for the Irish Stout. Okay, let's start with that, Craig. Let's start with the Stout, can we? Yeah. Give us a little uh, little review. It's too bad David hasn't got it because I know, but I know he doesn't drink. So no. Let me see what's on David's stand ever. Let's have a little. Oh, I got the glass too. That'll put hairs on your chest, that Craig. Let's have a little. <clears throat> I should let it sit for a while, but. Since yeah, we're in a hurry. We understand that. Times. <laughs> well, that's good. Really? You won't have to have supper now. No. Do you like do you like stout, Dave? No, no. You're just lager? Just a lager, yeah. Pilsner. Good Pilsner. Pilsner, okay. But I won't name names because it's really young. <laughs> Dave, Dave you got, got the know. thrills for pills. I want to get back to that style world at some point. So, Craig, you recommend it, eh? Absolutely. I really do. And I'm a, I like, I'm a big stout fan. Is it like Guinness, Craig? Yep. Yeah, it's close to that. Probably more like a... Uh, Murphy's? A what, sorry? Like a Murphy's or a Guinness? Yeah, like a Murphy's. More so, yeah? I'm going to try that. All right, Jeff, voice of the show... Yeah. Um, give us a little review of the IPA, the three speed. So the three speed is a delicious all day drinking beer. (laughs) It's very sessionable, if you will. Sessionable meaning you can have a session one after the other, after the other, after the other, as it's only 4.2%. If you look at the lovely golden color, 
you'll see that there there's a lot of elbow grease that goes into this delicious beer. <laughs> it's that get off the pitch and just pound one into your throat. <laughs> Craig, you know all about that. <laughs> well, Actually, I don't. You're also on the speed. Do you agree? Yeah, I uh, I have to say it's a delicious. Actually, it's Jeff Cole, voice of Footy Prime and uh, Border Security, uh, who got me onto this. I'm, I'm, there's a shameless plug for your other TV show, JC. <laughs> Well, uh, next Monday, uh, season season six starts recording, so stay tuned, y'all. Yeah, so That's my plug. <laughs> we also the, the first day we did it, we were lucky enough to start at around four in the afternoon. And Jeff, uh, I didn't have any going out clothes. We went over to Jeff's house after, and we bought another. I think we were drinking out of his fridge, and it was Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> yeah. We keep drinking at. A, a bar right around the corner and lucky enough uh, uh he walks home i thought so i go oh i guess my buddy i went you know guess my buddy had left i try and bike home and i clean a van all of its side with my shirt because i think that it's the safest way to get home is to bike home and the mirror hit me I ended up standing up um, and the bike was behind me and I went, all right, this is a little too much. I locked the bike up, took a cab home. I go, Jeff, why'd you leave me at the bar? And he goes, uh, I didn't leave you. I was taking a, taking a dump in the basement and I fell asleep on the shitter. So someone had to, some, so one of the waiters had to find him and go, dude, you closed half an hour ago. Go home. Yeah. It's like two thirty in the morning. Like, sir, it's time for you to go home. I'm like, I am home. They're like, no, sir, you're not. I'm like, oh, I'm not. Okay, can I get another beer? They're like, no, two thirty in the morning. And then the next day in my in my mailbox was my pair of jeans that I'd loaned Dan Wong. He brought them back, cleaned and ironed because I ironed them in my nude and in my apron. So David, 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 David took the option of leaving the podcast when we gave him the chance. To <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't leave now. Fuck, I can't. It's just ah. The only thing is that you got drunk on three speed, well, and then rode your three speed home. That's correct. Yeah, that's absolutely truthful. Yeah, never advisable. All right, Deech, you want to be on the blonde? How would you rate this blonde? It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. It's light, crispy. I think I could do uh, in England, uh, Jeff. We call an all day a Leo Sayer. So we say a Leo Sayer. Leo Sayer, yeah. That's well, a, is he a dancer or a singer. Huh? Yeah. Singer. He's a singer, singer. right? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's, okay. let's go for a Leo Sayer. Yeah. Yeah, you just say Leo. What was it based on? Because Leo Sayer had an afro. He was it's a all, white afro the, dude. Wonger, it's all the slang. It's all about whether it rhymes or not. Yeah. All day, Leo Sayer. So ah, if, if you know it. the slang well enough, you only use the first word. Like if it was change in your pocket, rifle range, have you yeah. got any rifle? Right. You don't You don't have to use the other, you know, the actual rhyme part of it. Like Rosie Lee. I'll have a cup of Rosie. Apple. We wish us poets. Um, I've got the blonde as well here, and it's, uh, it's really very, very drinkable. Like Deech said, it's crisp, medium-bodied, 
quite hoppy for for a lager. I, I really enjoy this one. Great with a bolty pie, by the way. Oh. Experience. Still waiting. For mine. <laughs> hey, what? Well, hey, I gave you advice, Charms, on uh, getting uh, into the pie business. I, I actually gave you that was that was recommendation for me. So it's not all bad, although. It could be a worse time to start up a fucking <laughs> Let's start a, a new business. When? Yeah. When's the next pandemic? <laughs> it's kind of like starting up a football league. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> year two and fuck. <laughs> when the pie business. <laughs> hey, Charms. Yeah. Are the pies trying to unionize? <laughs> hey, I'm the one employee. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Klanakin. Yes. What do you say about his pies trying to organize? Oh, uh, yeah. They organize. I didn't, I, by the way, I didn't get any beer to the house, and I haven't gotten any pies to the house. So there you go. Hey, listen, listen. Scott Mitchell that far. Scott Mitchell got a subscription, so there's a man with a refined palate. Really? <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. You got hey, first Dave, where do you live? I'll, uh, I'll deliver it for you. I know you I'm in Berlin. Okay, I'll get I'll get Danny to deliver it. He's closer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting very busy right now, so I could use some help. All right, listen, guys, before we leave, I want to mention quickly um, a, a good friend of uh, this show and Canadian football in general, Karina LeBlanc. Um, about a month ago, had a beautiful baby girl, Paris, Karina, Kobe, LeBlanc, Methop. Um Now, soon after, Karina was taken ill. Um, now, while she was in hospital, she's fine. But while in hospital, she was exposed to, well, possibly exposed to COVID-19. So as a result, she had to quarantine for 14 days from her newborn baby daughter, which must be, I can't imagine how awful that must be. But just this past couple of days, they were reunited. And I'm, you may have seen the video and some of the pictures on Twitter under Karina's uh, feed there. But it's incredible scenes. They're quite emotional. So Karina, cheers to you. And your family, uh, that must have been a tough go, I can imagine. But we're happy that you're healthy. We're happy that you guys are all together where you belong. All right, guys, we're out of time. Uh, Mr. Klanakin, thank you so much. That was you're very welcome. Um, thanks for sticking around the entire show. You're a brave man. Um, Always a pleasure. There was no uh, sports on TV, so I figured I'd, w- I'd stay for the comedy. <laughs> 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 all right fellas thank you so much and make sure you follow us on all social streams uh we want to thank of course deanblundell.com as well our home away from home love homes right now aren't they let's be honest with you about 10 homes we're operating from at the moment but Deech, craig jeff and wonga thanks so much uh cheers very much for listening thanks guys and jeff play us out you got uh you got the got the song oh i sure do All right. I finally do. This has been Footy Prime, the podcast with Danny Dicchio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman. We'd like to thank David Clannan. Clannican. Sorry, brother. (laughs) (laughs) See, I knew I'd I'd fuck it up. It's Scottish. (laughs) Clannican. We'd like to thank David Clannican from the Clan Clannican. No, do it, do it, David Beckham. Give us another one. Do it, a ba- David Beckham. Out from the McDonald's clan. There'll be lots of thank uh, David Clanakin coming on, and uh, Victoria. Am I allowed to stay? Can I, can I stay and play with my friends online? No. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> Producer Dan Wong, me, Jeff Cole. Guys, we'll see you next week. And thank you to Amsterdam, our official beer sponsor. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.